Hi, I'm Kate Boyle, and welcome to the Mind Movement Health Podcast. Each week, I'll be bringing you health information from diet and lifestyle to movement and nutrition. My aim is to bring you bite-sized pieces of information that you can instigate into your everyday life to change your health. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to the Mind Movement Health Podcast. I'm your host, Kate Boyle, and this week on the show, we are chatting about our feet. And more importantly, why are our feet so important and what can we do to work on our feet to help prevent pain further up in the body. So you guys know I'm a Pilates instructor, I'm a movement therapist, I am working with bodies every day, and I have seen thousands and thousands of bodies in my 20 plus year career of working in the movement health space. And one of the things that, you know, I often see with people is they don't think about their feet. And, you know, for the average person, how often do we, you know, just think about our feet? Maybe as women, we think about painting our toenails, but we don't often think about the muscles in the feet, the bones in the feet, strength work or mobility work for the feet. We often save that for, you know, our legs and our arms and our back. So when we get a sore neck, we do a stretch. When we get a sore hip, we know we need to release it and do some strength work, but we don't often spend a lot of time on our feet. And that's what I wanted to chat about today because more often than not, that ankle or knee or back or even hip pain is actually coming back from the feet. It's all related, our movement, our body, the muscles. So in the studio recently, I've been working a lot with clients that have come in, you know, they may have had knee pain, uh, a hip replacement, some lower back niggles. And once we start working on their foot position, the mobility of their feet and the strength of their feet, they're finding that their pain disappears which is amazing, but just goes to show that sometimes the site of our pain is not always the cause of our pain. And I think that's something to really think about. We may be having hip pain, but the hip joint itself may be totally fine. It's actually the way that we're walking or positioning our feet or not positioning our feet that can then have that flow on effect up to the hip. So the foot itself, it has 26 bones 30 joints, and more than 100 muscles, tendons, and ligaments, which all work together to provide support, balance, and mobility. So together, our two feet make up 25% of the bones in our body, which is, you know, a lot. They're also the foundation of our body. So we stand, we sit, you know, we're on them all the time. If we don't have good foundations, so, you know, I often use this analogy when we're talking about our core, but it goes to, you know, the same when we're talking about our feet. If you think about a building, you know, the foundations need to be really strong. So then each level of the building can do its job and it's not going to topple over. Well, the same thing comes into play with our feet. If we don't have nice, strong, flexible feet that can really hold us up, then it's going to affect our balance and stability and also the strength we have higher up in the body. 
So over, you know, I'd probably sort of say the last 10 years or so, there's been a big move into barefoot shoes and really trying to find shoes that support our feet, but don't over support our feet. So we definitely need shoes to protect our feet, you know, protect them from, you know, cuts and grazes and, you know, glass and sharp objects. But some of the shoes nowadays are very over-engineered, meaning that they're quite strong. They don't have a flexible sole. So when we go to walk, it's almost like walking in, you know, boat shoes. They're quite you know, stiff and hard. And so the muscles of the feet can't get that nice activity and you can't roll through the foot. So you don't create the same amount of strength and mobility that you would if you're walking around barefoot. So going back to the shoes, looking for supportive shoes, but not super, you know, over-engineered shoes is a good place to start if you want to start to strengthen the muscles in the feet and start to get a little bit more mobility. Um, There's some uh, brands here that are quite popular. Um, The Frankie Fours have a wider box. So where the toes go, a lot of, you know, the fashion over the years, especially for women, has to be have a narrower toe box and that can lead to bunions. And if you have bunions, those narrower toe boxes rub on your bunion and can cause a lot of pain. So Frankie Fours are a brand that have a wider toe box that are very popular amongst women. And then you can get a lot of the type of Vivo barefoot sort of shoes. They can just be casual style shoes. You can get runners and things, you know, so have a look around at your footwear. And if you're wearing orthotics, orthotics are another um, way that we've engineered our footwear to help support our foot, which can be really great in a sense if you're, you know, had an injury and you're sort of rehabbing and you need more support. But we also need to be strengthening the muscles of our feet because there are times where those orthotics just don't fit into certain shoes. Or if you want to go for a walk along the beach, you know, or just have a walk in your backyard, you want to walk around without feeling like you don't have pain. So we can't always wear orthotics. And that's where if we can get that balance of coming in, of strengthening and mobilizing our feet, then we're going to be so much better off as well. Now, we touched on the need for having strong foot muscles for balance and stability, especially as we age. So we know as we get older, our balance does decline, okay, our stability declines, our muscle and bone mass will decline unless we're doing activities that's going to help promote the loading of more muscle and bone mass and also help promote us maintaining and even increasing our balance. Now, falls in Australia are the leading cause of injury, hospitalization and death. And that's pretty resounding. So, you know, representing 43% of injury hospitalizations and 42% of injury deaths. So falls are very, very high. Now, we can have these falls, you know, included where someone may fall off a roof. That's definitely included in that stat. But the biggest amount of those stats are older people that are you know, tripping on the curb or slipping in their house, you know, clients of mine have slipped on the back deck, um, tripped on the road, one, you know, broke her ankle, another's broken a hip. So really trying to build up that bone mass and muscle mass is super important. And working on our balance is 
again, extremely important if we want to prevent these falls and that's where working on the feet can come in. So where do we start? If we want to work on our feet and we want to strengthen and create mobility through, you know, those 100 muscles, tangles and ligaments, where do we start? Well, the first thing we can do, as we said, is look at our footwear. So if we are in shoes all of the time, maybe we can start to wear a shoe that's a little bit less supportive, like those barefoot shoes, or start to walk around barefoot. And I first suggest to do this in the comfort of your own home, where there's no obstacles in the way, you know, no sharp surfaces. You're going to be on, you know, maybe tiles and carpet and polished floorboards and things. So you can get that movement through your foot, but you know you're in a really safe environment. And if you're someone that wears shoes all the time, you wear them outside and as soon as you get home, you put on a pair of house shoes or slippers, then start just not wearing wearing those house shoes or slippers and walking around the house in your bare feet and seeing what it feels like. If you get pain in your foot straight away, then you know the muscles in your feet are not very strong and that we need to gradually build up that strength. So I also say to people, you might want to start doing it for just a short period of time. Maybe walk around barefoot in the house for sort of 10 to 15 minutes and then gradually build up as those muscles in the foot develop strength. And then once that feels really good, you can then start to, you know, walk around outside, do some grounding. So grounding is when we have barefoot contact or hand contact with an element of the earth. So that could be feet on the grass or feet on the sand when you're walking along the beach or connecting your hands to trees and nature and leaves. You know, when we're in the garden and getting our hands into that dirt, again, that is grounding. So walking around in your backyard on the grass, I can just you know, really trying to get that movement through your feet, watch the rolling activity through your feet could be a great way to also just tap into that parasympathetic nervous system. So our rest and digest state where we're going to be much calmer. So you know what it's like if you ever go for a walk along the beach, you can rock up and, you know, you might be feeling anxious or angry. You know, you might have a thousand emotions happening, but as soon as you start to walk along the beach, you feel so much calmer. And part Part of that is being out in nature and part of that is that grounding effect of connecting the soles of our feet to the earth and having that transfer of ions. So think about adding in some grounding where you can. Now, as we start to look at our foot strengthening exercises, I'm going to put a just a short little 10-minute workout up on YouTube that you can start to do to start to develop your foot strength and your foot mobility. So definitely head on over to the show notes and click that link and check out the video that you can start practicing on YouTube. Hi, everyone. I'm interrupting this podcast to let you know that I have a brand new daily Pilates workout that you can download for free and work out with me. Now, this daily Pilates workout is just 15 minutes. It's going to help you build strength and mobility. It's going to help energize you, leave you feeling really good. And the best bit, it's only going to take 15 minutes. So to grab your free workout, head on over to the podcast show notes and click the daily Pilates workout link. I can't wait to see you on your mat. But the basic foot strengthening exercises we want to add in 
is to number one, start to wriggle our toes. So, you know, you can do that now as you're listening to the podcast. See if you can wiggle all your toes up and down. And all the toes is really important, not just the first couple of toes, but really working through that fourth and fifth toe that you might feel like you don't have as much control over, but you want to start to just get them to wriggle and move around. And if you are standing, you know, standing up nice and tall, we then want to start to lift the toes up and down. Lift all 10 toes up, lower all 10 toes down. And these are called toe waves. And we can do lots of different variations with these that I would love for you to practice. And I give these to my uh, clients in the studio all the time. So if you guys are listening into this podcast, you can have a laugh because they definitely have a laugh in the studio because they're quite hard to do. So some of the combinations can be lifting all 10 toes up and down. You can try to lift just the big toes up and down and then keep the big toes down and lift the other four toes up and down. So that one gets a little harder. And then we have an exercise called piano toes where we want to lift each toe one by one all the way up. So first toe, second, third, fourth, fifth, and then lower from the fifth, fourth, third, second, first. Piano toes, because as you know, you can visualize that, that it looks like that you're lifting your fingers off the piano keys and then lowering them back down one by one. And again, this takes more control. So you can build up to these over time. They do take practice. They're also going to be in that YouTube video if you check it out. Now, another great exercise we can start doing is calf rises. So standing up, you may want to do these, you know, hold on to your kitchen bench or a chair, have your feet hip width apart, nice and even, rise up onto your toes, squeezing your calf muscles, and then slowly lowering down, controlling that lower down through the feet until the sole of the foot is connected back to the floor. So again, with our calf rises, we want to be really intentional. We want to make sure that all 10 toes are down, they're spread out nice and wide, and then we're getting that nice contraction of the calf as we rise up with control and then lower down with control. So we're not doing these super quick. We're doing these with, you know, a couple of seconds up and a couple of seconds down, and you can build up to, you know, adding to do about 20 to 30 reps. And you can add these in at any time of the day, maybe when you're standing and brushing your teeth or washing the dishes in the kitchen. And if you really struggle with standing, you can even start to practice practice these sitting in a chair. So you will still get some work through the feet and calf benefits even when you're sitting down. And once you've mastered that, we then start to play around with doing a single leg calf rise. And you know, you maybe you add in holding on to some hand weights or taking your hands off the bench. So adding in that extra load, those reps and really varying it up. And then from there, you can press progress to doing it on a step where you can get more range and you can drop your heel lower down off that step and then rise up. So calf rises are definitely underrated, but they're super fantastic for helping to strengthen your foot, your ankle, your knee, and even your hip strength. So definitely look to add in those calf rises. Then we want to start to add in just four exercises we have here. We have our toe wiggles and waves, so just getting that mobility, our calf rises, and then moving on to number three is standing on one leg. So 
sounds simple, but not always simple to do, especially if you haven't been practicing it for a while. So when we stand on our one leg, it means those all those muscles in the feet, all those stabilizing muscles in the feet and the lower leg start to have to switch on and the muscles that travel up into our hip and our glute. So standing on one leg, again, you can multitask and do two things at once if you feel really confident. Otherwise, just have a practice and build up the time. So maybe start with a sort of five to 10 second hold and then progress to about 30 seconds to a minute. And then as you get stronger and that gets easier, you can start to add in knee bends and calf rises and, you know, really change it up, challenge yourself. But definitely fantastic to add in for that foot and ankle strength. And then moving on to our final exercise to add in, and that is using a massage ball or a stick to help release the muscles of the foot and the lower leg. So you pop the massage ball or the stick, so a broomstick works quite well, underneath the sole of the foot and you just roll the foot forward and back. Again, check out the YouTube video because this will be in that as well. And if you don't, you're like, oh, I just don't have a massage ball or a stick. You can use a tennis ball, okay? I don't recommend using a golf ball. They're usually just that little bit too hard, but some type of medium density ball or a stick and just rolling those the feet forward and back over it can really help to stimulate the circulation, release the muscles in the feet and just create more mobility. And when we're getting that tactile feedback, it also wakes up all those little proprioceptors and that sort of stimulates, you know, the circulation. And it means that when we're walking around, we're going to have a better idea of where our feet are in space. So you tend to stub your toe less. We tend to have better balance because we've woken up all those muscles and stimulated that circulation to that area. So it will help to increase that balance and stability. Also, if you suffer from, you know, plantar fasciitis or you get really tight calves or cramping in the calves, then, you know, massaging the calf and the foot with the stick or the ball is a fantastic way to relieve tension and help to get rid of cramping. So definitely look to add that in as your fourth exercise. Now, we've also just touched on the importance of circulation and our feet are the furthest from the heart, so they often have poorer circulation, especially as we age. And sometimes people often complain of their feet being quite cold, okay, or maybe there might be some nerve damage. So we know things like, you know, uh, poor circulation can be related back to uh, PAD, which is peripheral artery disease, um, diabetes, obesity, smoking, Rayad's disease. So all of these sort of types of diseases often have, you know, a relation back to poor circulation. But, you know, even some autoimmune conditions, you know, people can often have really cold hands and feet if they've got a thyroid condition. So, you know, reducing that sort of pain and increasing the blood flow can be fantastic to help relieve some of those symptoms. Now, what can we do to help improve the circulation to that area? Well, one, we can start to move the feet and the toes 
foods to help promote that circulation, but we can also look to check and add in some things to our diet, which can help improve circulation as well. And these foods include vitamin C foods. So, you know, things that like our citrus, so our oranges and our lemons and berries and tomatoes that contain vitamin C. So these vitamin C containing foods can help to boost the circulation as well as onions and garlic and ginger. So these anti-inflammatory foods can also be uh, circulating boosting foods. And then things like fatty fish, um, turmeric and beets and cinnamon. So getting in some of these wonderful antioxidants and you know healthy omega-3s can help with circulation as well. So definitely look to add these into your diet if you know that you know maybe you're suffering from poor, poor circulation, maybe you do have cold hands and feet, maybe you just want to start to improve your balance and stability and you know really boosting that circulation is going to help improve the feeling in that area and then again help with that balance so having that flow on effect so looking to add these foods in you know on a daily basis which can again help with improving your overall balance and stability by boosting the circulation so not specifically related back to exercise but you know these lifestyle changes can have a huge effect and then finally you know when we're looking at our lifestyle changes looking at lowering our stress levels where we can we know that we we can drop back into that parasympathetic state as we do when we're grounding okay we're going to be much calmer and then we're going to be more focused and when we're moving we get a release of endorphins and these are our sort of happy feeling good hormones so you may be thinking oh I'm not much of an exerciser but just by starting to do these four exercises you know wriggle your toes do some calf rises release with the massage ball and stand and balance on one leg just those few small few movements can start to help you release those endorphins and then you might feel better and more willing and motivated to move so you might spend you know a minute on each so four minutes it's in total and then you actually might feel better to go for a walk because you feel like you have more stability and balance a lot of people as we start to age we lose that balance and stability and along with that we lose our confidence so adding in these small exercises then might give you the confidence to do a few more strengthening exercises. Maybe you could add in some squats or lunges, you know, just sitting and standing up from a chair. And if that's then feeling really good, you could add in a set of hand weights and then progress to adding in a walk. So adding in, you know, these small movements will add up over time and help prevent not only the foot injuries, as we sort of mentioned before, but those knee and hip injuries as well. And it's amazing how many are actually related back to the feet. You know, clients that will come in and they'll sort of say, oh, my knee's been really sore. And, you know, we'll, I'll, we'll do some exercises and we'll strengthen around the knee. But it's really when we start to look at their gait and how they walk and then start to address the muscles in the foot that the knee pain then starts to disappear. So definitely if you've had a niggling injury, you know, at the knee or the hip, have a look at your gait, have a look at your foot mobility and strength and definitely check out my short little workout on YouTube. Follow along with that or just do these four 
four simple exercises, dedicate a minute to each one and do that, you know, once a day, four minutes a day, and you may just find that your injury and the pain starts to decrease and you have an increase in that balance and stability, which is just going to have a flow and effect to all other areas of your life. All right. Well, that's it for this week for this week's podcast. I hope you enjoyed this. You know, definitely have a think about your feet. Dive in, you know, do some of those movements. I hope you're wriggling your toes with me as you were listening into this. And have a great week. And I'll see you again next week on the podcast. Thanks for listening into the podcast. Please hit subscribe to be updated for each time we release a new podcast.